Welcome to the Connie G Show, everybody. My name is Conrad, and how are you, buddy? Um, today is the 14th of September, 2022, if you can believe it. So, uh, it's still 100 degrees here in Oklahoma, and we don't seem to get any relief from that Mother Nature. Mother Nature's been breathing her hot, stinky hot dog breath all over Oklahoma all summer. And so, not just Oklahoma, I imagine there are many parts of this great country that have been feeling the wrath of of the heat. So, if you're like me out there, and you're wondering when it's going to end, you know, and when's fall going to start, and when can we have those nice... Just beautiful days. Not, I'm not talking about the mornings. Yeah, mornings are nice here now. You know, you can get out there. It's 60 degrees, <clears throat> 65 degrees, but you can't make it go from from 65 degrees to 100 degrees in one day, buddy. That ain't gonna work. Not for this podcaster. So, if you are listening to this, thank you. You found the Connie G Show, whether you found it on. Uh, the Apple Podcast or Spotify, or maybe you found it on YouTube and you watch this show. Thank you. Or maybe you're a fan of Con Radio and you like all the stuff we do. Thank you for that. So um, I'm back in the shed. Uh, it's just me today. I left Shannon alone. I spent the day with them yesterday. As you guys know, we're we're working on our um, real estate deal. I'm gonna start calling it that. I'm trying to buy a restaurant. Talked about that on on uh, the OK Taco Show. But I put an offer in and it got rejected. <laughs> based, I put an offer in based on the advice from the lender, who, who's also the seller. Um, and yet when I put the offer he told me to put in, they were like, no, no, no way. So it's very confusing. And so I put a different offer in and, and I'm waiting to hear back on that. And we'll go from there. Um, it's it's kind of just, it's just a weird thing. So, yesterday, Shannon invited me over to um, participate in a learning experience for me. You know, he wanted to know if I wanted to sign up for um, a course on rebuilding a BMW front end. And I accepted the invitation. I thought that's a great way to spend the day is fixing his car. Um, and taking that off of his plate before we jump into this new journey that we're on, you know, the wheel in the sky journey. So, got over there around 11, after, went on a good run, um, sent all the documentation that I was required to send to to the lender, to the bank, for the thing, and then got over to Shannon's house and you know, went over some numbers with them. That's something we do now. We just, you know, get a piece of paper, go over some numbers. I don't know what they mean. And then we got to work. We had the car all jacked up and ripped the wheels off and then just started ripping out control arms and sway bars and popping um, freaking tie rod ends and stuff. We're just taking stuff apart. And we had a a bunch of parts to put back on, but we didn't even know if we'd get these apart. And we had the little forks. I don't know if you ever have done a front end work, but they sell this gigantic um, two pronged fork, basically, that you can put in the 
those little ball joints and pop out. And they sell all kinds of stuff. They sell presses. They sell, I'm sure they have a pneumatic and they have a, they probably have um, at this point some sort of ball joint loosener that's like a 12 volt battery or 18 volt battery. Like Milwaukee probably has one. But we went old school with it and everything went smoothly, really. I mean, as smooth as it could go, we had it all pretty much torn apart except for one lower the the only one that was really that bad the boot was just gone and who knows how long it's been gone and so that ball joint had seized up inside that control arm and we freaking pounded that fork into it and we you know got the big uh sissy bar on it and we're trying and eventually we we put enough uh wd-40 on it wd-90 all over it that and Shannon lit it on fire, which is a whole ordeal. And, and eventually the heat mixed with the lubrication. That's all you ever need, guys, is heat and lubrication. That's all you need. If you get hot and lubricated, dude, you can do about anything. So we got it popped off. And once we did that, boom, slapped it all together. Um, tightened everything down according to BMW spec, which is just tight as hell. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what we did. And we're good to go. And then I know he spent the day working on his, he had a a valve cover uh, leak, and so he was working on that. And I spent the day, most of the morning, trying to um, basically documenting or recategorizing um, ex- expenses from the taco truck um, and paying the the tax, sales tax, all the stuff, paying quarterly taxes, um, and then trying to figure out what parts I got to buy for my my zero turn, my X mark, because it's leaking oil, and i 99% sure it's the lower oil seal, but, you know, it's just like anything else. Anytime you start diving into something that you have to remove the clutch and... Um, drive pulley and that's not a it's not like it's a hard thing but what you do is like well what needs to be replaced up there other than this then should i should i change my idlers my for my drive system because they're you know they have three thousand hours on them and they're pretty worn and should i change the belt clearly so i don't have to mess with that and so it's just that kind of thing it was a diagnosis day and also, birthday shopping for my son, and his birthday's coming up. He'll be 10, if you guys can believe that. Been listening to me for a long time. You'd understand that that's wild, but he'll be 10 years old um, in about 10 days. So maybe I'll have him out here for, for a show to talk about what he got, um, which is used, by the way, because, you know, everything he gets is a hand-me-down, you know. But he's a happy kid, and he's good. so. It should be good. Um, so because I accepted uh, the scholarship to BMW Front End University, I was lucky enough to get a free lunch out of the deal. And um, so Shannon said, hey, man, let's go get a... We're going to go get the ball joint press 
at Harbor Freight, try to find one. We did find one. It didn't work because his strut on that BMW is in the way. It's just at a certain angle that this press, and even after modifying the press, we weren't able to use it. So it was a waste of money. But we also had to get a 21-millimeter wrench. You know, we had a 7 eighths, which is which is close. Um, but it was just too sloppy for one bolt. We were going to strip it out, so we went and got the right wrench. We had to sock it, but we needed the wrench because it was in a precarious position on location on the car. And so we got the wrench and we got the press, and he's like, I'll take you, I'll take you to get a sandwich. And I was thinking, there's this really good seafood place in Shawnee. Um, if you're ever in Shawnee, Oklahoma, one, you know, bring holy water, and two, you might want to think about checking it out it's called long john silvers and it's pretty good it's got hush puppies they do uh like a basket deal where you can get a couple you don't know if it's chicken or fish that's the cool thing about long john silvers they look the same they taste the same and you put a bunch of this oil or vinegar all over it and mm, it is good stuff and i thought we were gonna go there but ultimately Oh, which, which reminds me, I thought maybe they're a Whataburger. There's a Whataburger in Shawnee, and it's not like it is in, you know, there's a lot of people in Wichita or in Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. He brought Whataburger to Kansas, and people are freaking out. I don't, I'm never that blown away by it, which is kind of hurtful because it's hurtful to my family. My dad is a huge Whataburger fan. Um, when he was in the military, uh, the Air Force, and he got through basic and was on some sort of I don't know what they do, training or learning, maybe he's in his, his tech school or something, to become an aircraft mechanic. He was stationed in Florida, and but we lived in Texas, and he told me that he would just, you know, he would get a Whataburger taquito every night before work, and he would have a Whataburger sandwich every day, and then my whole existence of growing up in Kansas was based on his love of Whataburger, you know? And what's so odd is it's only a couple hours away from where we lived, but he, would, he wouldn't like it every once in a while, like once a year, or once every two years, he would call me from a Whataburger. Like he would have just left and randomly drove down by himself to a Whataburger to get one. And so that's how ingrained it is. But since moving down here, it's a decent burger, but it's not, I don't know what his um, infatuation with it is. But that's his thing, dude. It's his, you know, he, I feel like sometimes he would be, he'll never be as proud of me as he is of anybody that's ever been affiliated with Whataburger. You know what I mean? Like we could own this restaurant that we're trying to do and we can, you know, build it into something incredible, which is what we're trying to do. And it's going to, it, it could happen. It, I really have a vision for it, but. Will it ever be as an? He would be more impressed if I was a janitor at Whataburger. You know what I'm saying? Like, you work at Whataburger, son? Really? I'm going to come see you at work today. I'm going to drive down and see you. Get, and get me a sandwich, you know? And my manager could be like, you know, a paraplegic that would slap you with a dead fish or something that rolls around in one of those motorized, um, those motorized little wheelchairs and bl that you blow in and to to move and that could be my manager and he would be like you you should look up to that guy 
son. You should, that's what you should be, you know? So, he loves Whataburger, and to pay a little bit of homage to him, um, the day before, when we were visiting with the banker, and right when we actually wrapped up the show, we were at Harbor Freight that day too, Monday, and we we finished our free show of the OK Taco Show in the parking lot of Harbor Freight, which is real romantic, and then went and did her shopping, and Shannon was like, I'm hungry, and I had just got a text from my beautiful child bride saying, oh, dinner's about ready. And I was like, I better not eat, bud. You know, my wife made dinner. And that's an old school thought for both of it. You know, I not only do, you know, I respect the fact that she put the effort to make a dinner, but I'm not going to disrespect it by ruining my appetite and spending money. You know, I, I want to go down and I want to support her efforts. So. He's like, well, I got to get a sandwich. So he pulled into Whataburger, and I checked my application. I downloaded the Whataburger app, and sure enough, I had a free sandwich, a free junior Whataburger on there. And I said, well, this isn't spending any money. I'll order this. And it's just karma. <clears throat> it's karma because I ordered it. Um, we walked in. Nobody in there because it's like 4 in the afternoon, 5 in the afternoon. Walk in. Um, there's a young, very handsome gentleman working behind the counter, which is rare. I mean, a little heavy, but, you know, he had, the, he had a good structure, good bone structure. Could be handsome with a little effort. And Shannon walks up to him. I've already placed my order for a, a Whataburger Jr. and toasted the bun. You can do that on the app, which is awesome. And so Shannon goes up and orders a blue cheese Whataburger. But before he does, he asks this guy, hey, do you like the blue cheese Whataburger? Just a, That's a friendly thing to do as a customer, a patron. Hey, I see you're advertising this thing. Do you like it? Now, in my opinion, a good employee would be like, I do. It's really good. I love it. Or uh, it's not my favorite, but my favorite is this one. And just name another sandwich, you know? And if you're good, you probably name another sandwich that's either the same price or a little bit more. And you sell somebody on it. That's what Shannon was looking to do. He's looking to get sold on a sandwich. So. The guy instead says. I don't like cheese. Which is. I don't know how you get hired at a Whataburger. If you don't like cheese. Because buddy. It's everywhere here. You know this place could have. It's original name could have been what a cheese. Because it's the things we're doing with it. We'll put it on chicken. We'll put it on breakfast. We'll put it anywhere. So I don't like cheese, but I've heard we've we've sold a lot of the blue cheese hamburgers. So maybe, yeah, maybe it is good. I don't know. So Shannon ordered it. It's not good because it's blue cheese. You know, even if you have a a liking for that bitterness like Shannon does because he's getting older. You know, when you get a little bit older, you like beets. You know what I mean? You like, you like rotten cheese. Stinky. The stinkier, the better, people would say. Um, that's just what happens. I think once you hit 40, you start liking like, Ooh, mm, you know, what sounds good. A cherry tomato. And you know, a younger person would be like, no, a cherry sounds good. Did you say cherry tomato? That doesn't sound good. So he ordered it. And then he asked me, Hey man, what do you, what do you want? And I said, I ordered mobile order, you know, Conrad. And he's like, Oh, 
still finishing up on it. I was like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'll go sit down. He's like, you want a drink? And I said, yeah, just a water is fine. That's usually what I do because I'm not going to pay $3 for a fountain drink. So I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap, dirty, you know, cheap, dirty bastard. And so he said, don't worry about it. Handed me a a full, what he said was a medium, which is like the size of probably 50 ounces of soda. Just get what you want. I don't care. Don't worry about it. It's on the house. It's like, gosh, that's awesome. It never happens. And so I thought, man, everything's going great. You know, I get a free sandwich and a free drink. It's my day, dude. Golden boy, maybe we've shifted, you know. Shannon's about to get a rotten cheese burger, and I'm getting this. And so go over there. I just get a tea and uh, sit down, and we're listening to the great soundtrack at Whataburger. I mean, Barefoot Army, Kenny Chesney's on there, everybody. And so they bring us our sandwich. This woman... um, This voter, this woman voter, has been working there for probably 50 or 60 years, it looked like. She come crawling over with our stuff and set it down. And I opened mine up, and I took a bite, and I was like, man, that's good. It's good sauce, and it's good toast. They burnt the crap out of it. So my burger was, it was black, you know. It was black. And it was like Fox Soul, you know what I mean? And... I kept eating. I kept taking a bite. And I realized about halfway through, I said, it's weird. You know, and I opened it. There was no patty on it. <laughs> there was no patty on my burger. So, um, thinking I was getting over and that I was the golden boy and that things were finally going my way, uh, I was quickly put back in my place. The Karma credit card I had realized it had made an error and tried and it righted itself. The universe righted itself and said, you can't sneak a free meal and not have a catch. And so I ate two pieces of burnt toast with with lettuce and mayonnaise on them, man. <laughs> so, yeah. And and to be honest with you, it wasn't bad. It was not bad. There's a tomato in there, too. So it wasn't bad. So anyways, that's that was Monday. And then yesterday, <clears throat> after our, you know, daily Harbor Freight visit, Shannon's like, I'll take you. And I thought we were going to Long John or maybe Whataburger, but he took me somewhere real special. And he's not that much older than me, but sometimes it gets, you know, people don't know. Maybe he had me when he was 10. You know what I mean? Like people, now that's normal in Oklahoma. And so, especially back then, back in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, kids could do that. So basically, people were looking like this dad's taking this. His, his adult son out to, to lunch, to late lunch. And he took me to his favorite spot, Buffalo Wild Wings. He B-dubbed me, man. And so I haven't been to a Buffalo Wild Wings in probably 15 years. Now, nothing's changed. I, it's not like I missed anything. Last time I was at one, I remember, and it might not be the exact last time, but we used to go to B-dubs when I was in high school because on Wednesdays or Thursdays, one or the other, they had 50-cent wings. And so for four bucks, you'll get eight wings, or five bucks, you'll get 10 wings. And 
you know, we go crazy. We go get 20 wings or 50 wings or something. We all split them up. And the worst experience maybe of my life, dude, is being probably a senior, maybe a junior, or maybe that time period in between there. And my friend Danny and my friend Jared um, and I, there might have been others that met us there. Maybe Nate. There was a, I had this one friend named Nate, and we kind of all hung out together. But we were staying the night at Jared's house that night. And both Danny and I were going to do that. We're going to stay the night at, at Jared's house. And um, we, we went over to Buffalo Wild Wings, and we did the 10-wing, um, whatever the hottest sauce they have challenge. You know what I mean? The, they have an insane sauce or something like that. I think I ate them all, but it was awful. I mean, you're sweating and you don't enjoy your food at all. And, you know, the whole experience is ruined because it's all over your fingers and your face and your hands and, and you're and you're in your mouth and you can't get satisfaction. And, and it's like, why did you do this? You know, but you did it because you're young and you're stupid. And so we did that challenge. Jared and I did. I don't, I think Danny at that time, Danny was an older, uh, Danny was an older guy like he was in our grade but he was like three or four years older than us he'd been held back a couple times and he's a smart he's a smart fella but a lot of that comes with wisdom that's age you know he he didn't seem um especially smart being that much older than us but anyways he had the wisdom to not ruin his meal by doing something so dumb just for ego or bragging rights or something like that because he realized earlier than us or maybe it was his age difference that those few years there but he had already learned that nobody cares at all that you're doing this except you and the person that you're doing it with so if you and jared are going to do this you too care but nobody around you cares and they all think you're stupid but anyways we ate those hot wings and we ruined our meal and we went back to jared's house and luckily, to continue our competition, we decided, hey, we have this bottle of Jose Cuervo Gold tequila um, at the house. And let's see how many shots we can do. Let's have a shot. You know, this is how people die. This is how alcohol poisoning, all that stuff. So that's what we did. You know, we sat there and... I don't know how many shots we had, probably nine, you know, but for non-drinking, water-headed high schoolers, that's a lot. And so by the end of the night, there's nothing worse. And I have broken my back. I I mean, that's not a figure of speech. I've had a broken back. I've had uh, torn my, my ACL, my MCL. I've cut put 40 stitches into my legs. I broke my arm. I broke my wrist. I broke my fingers. I broke my leg. I've, I've had injuries before. Real injuries. Nothing hurts as much as doing 10 shots of Jose Cuervo gold at 17 years old and throwing up the hottest hot chicken. Having that stuff come back up. Because bile and 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 Throw up is nasty and hot anyways and acidy. But if you combine that with the hottest hot sauce at, at this is pre 
snowflake territory, dude. This was back when you could say a hot sauce is hot, and it was. And they didn't do it for fun. Like, now you can just, you know. Now a, a, an infant can have Buffalo Wild Wings insane sauce. You know, you could give it to a, a baby duck. A baby duck could eat it and love it, you know. So, I was just, <clears throat> Danny was, although he escaped the pain of the throw up, he did not escape the pain of drinking Jose Cuervo, which is an awful tequila, and it should be banned. And that's when we, you know, there's a reason why Mexico is stuck in the freaking Middle Ages. It's because that's their, that's their export, dude, that and drug. But um, anyways, Danny was on the, on the toilet, sitting on the toilet and holding the wastebasket, that move, and I'm throwing up in a bathtub, and <laughs> it's disgusting. It was awful, and so I haven't been back, and I don't tell people that. I didn't tell Shane, like, hey, can't go here. I have bad memories. I was just like, okay, I'll go, you know, because he was going to buy me lunch for helping him on the BMW. And so we go there. Nobody's there, you know. Nobody ever is anymore at Buffalo Wild Wings. And we we sit. They, they have that. The reason Shannon likes this is somehow in Shawnee, Oklahoma, they have a separate room. And I thought Shannon was saying you have to go smoke. You can actually smoke out outside, which even that's rare for there to be outdoor smoking where they're still serving food in any location. But the reason he likes this place is you can actually smoke inside the bar area. They figured out a like some sort of loophole in the law or done the right things or realized nobody's ever going to check here because it's a Buffalo Wild Wings. And so this is the place that Shannon usually watches the show Moneyball, which is a terrific movie. And I asked as we were walking in, um, hey, is Moneyball on any of the TVs in here? And the lady's like, no, what? So it wasn't. Um, but thank, thankfully it wasn't because, you know, we sit down and we're on the heels of, you know, all the stuff that we're going through of just trying to secure this really, um, in the grand scheme of things, this really small amount of money to, to start our new little life here, you know, our new business. And so that's in our minds. It's top of mind. We just had a meeting with the banker. And so it's really fun to be sat amongst basically the idiocracy of restaurants. I mean, I don't know if you recall that movie that Mike Judge made, but when idiocracy, you know, in the era that it takes place, I think it's Ruckers, you know, but they change it to um, butt effers. You know what I mean? So. And then you just talk to a machine and it's like, treats you like, Buffalo Wild Wings is that. You sit down, there's there's 800 TVs surrounding you and each one is playing a version of millionaires um, or 100,000 heirs, whatever these sports announcers get paid are sitting there talking to you about the stories of the day about Dak Prescott and his finger. And so I'll look up Dak Prescott Dak Prescott. It's like, what is he, what's his contract and what has he earned so far throughout his career? It's like, oh, he's earned 165 million so far, you know, and he's played 50 something games, you know, and he's won this many. And so basically he's 
the Cowboys have paid $3 million per win or something. You know, I try to, I go through all the math on it. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about this, can we qualify for this loan as we listen to all of these announcers talk about not the money that they're spending. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like, it's just crazy. It's such a crazy thing that this is popular amongst us as people that don't, you know, the entertainment, the reason these people is because we watch it. And is it fun for us to watch this happen? You know, to watch somebody get this exorbitant sum of money for a skill that they say is the reason that they can get that money is because it's marketable. People want to watch it. And it's like, I don't know if people do because it's the only thing that you'll put on TV. If maybe people would watch something else, maybe they'd be more entertained by something else. But if all you do is force something down people's throats, it's like, well, yeah, we love it. You know, now we have to get to know the people if we, if we want to be part of the culture because you've built this culture. So anyways, in the you're like in the middle of this constant you know, there's Stephen A. Smith and there's uh, Alex Feinbaum and there's all these, you know, beautiful, beautiful women that are holding pieces of paper to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And it just goes on. There's Jalen Rose and Jacoby, whoever that is. I don't know, but they're all over the damn walls and they're just sitting there yelling at each other. And you are like, is this fun for people to sit here and be like, there's a good point. Hey, getting, they're getting ready to talk about, you know, what the what the Cowboys are going to, like, who's going to be affected by Dak Prescott's injury on the team. Let's watch this. Like, who cares? You know, that's what you, you want to yell internally. What? Who cares? But, and, and if there are people that care, why is it broadcast to everybody? Let them go seek that information out. I don't mind that that exists, but for it to be the only thing that you're broadcasting over 15 different networks, Really? Does that mean people care, or are you just making us all care? Because we can't escape it. And um, thankfully, they have two TVs that aren't focused on that. That aren't focused on the NFL or the NBA or the major sports things. So on on each of the far walls, and on so the wall that I'm looking at, there is basically a channel of failure, a channel of like um, sports failure, meaning like uh, like the stuff you see when there's a skater that is doing a trick on the stairs and he racks himself on that handicap accessible bar, which I bet, you know, the ADA never factored that in as a consequence. I bet Harvey Milk never thought of that, that, yeah, it is unfortunate that there's no handicap access to a lot of these places. But what he didn't realize by requiring every business to be handicap accessible is that by adding these rails, they're actually going to create more handicaps because all of a sudden skaters find out that there's a new rail. They're going to go try to skate it. They're going to break their bodies and then they'll be handicapped and need that rail, not for cool kickflips, but to actually get into the library that they were previously skating in front of. So I bet they never thought that there would be a consequence of by adding handicap accessible points to a building, they might actually be creating more handicaps. But anyways, I was watching a TV 
that was just depicting all this stuff. And it's like, what the hell am I watching? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to come eat chicken and watch people get racked. Like, is that where we're at? I mean, or okay, don't watch it then. Watch what, you know, what the Cowboys are going to do about Dak Prescott. Like, no, you know, put Moneyball on. Um, so I turned. I said, I'm going to turn around. I'm not going to watch this anymore. Um, turned around, and on the other screen is the Drew Barrymore show. Drew Barrymore has a show now um, on daytime television. It's kind of like what, I guess, uh, Ricky Lake, I guess. would. I don't know. I don't know. My, Oprah. Instead of Oprah, there's Drew Barrymore. And so I turn around and Drew Barrymore is with a guest. I'm sure it's some actress, some celebrity. And they're cooking, bud, because there is nothing that people like watching more than people cook. That's what people love. And so if you're going to tune in to watch Drew, you're going to watch Drew do her cooking segment. That's what happens on, on Tuesdays or Mondays, you know. She's going to do her cooking segment. And she brought out, oh, she was cooking some breakfast tacos, baby. This is how she likes to make them at home, she said. That's how I like to make them. I like to put eggs in there and bake it. And then there's people that are in the audience like, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Really? You just scramble eggs. And how does that go again? Like, do you shake the egg before you put it in the pan? How do you scramble it, Drew? Show us. Drew shows you. He's how I scramble them. Boom. Scrambled. Okay. You know, I got it. Put them in the tortilla. Mm-hmm. I'll put cheese on mine because I'm not lactose intolerant. But if you are, don't do it. Cheese is a lactose. Thank you, Drew. Thank you. Can't wait to go home and try this recipe with my family. And Drew's dressed in a men's, in a very baggy man suit. That's her, so she wears a t-shirt tucked into gigantic dress pants, men's dress pants that are very baggy on her, and she wears a suit jacket over her, like, usually trendy, like, you know, Rolling Stones lips t-shirt, and then rolls the sleeves up, <laughs> like she's, you know, freaking some sort of 1991 um, stand-up comic, you know what I mean? And I thought, that's an interesting, and it's funny because I'd actually just watched, like, a Sam Kinison bit or something from when he was alive and he dressed like that. He had that suit and he rolled up. She basically got, I, get, I think she won an eBay auction, got all of Sam Kinison's old suits and she's wearing them on a show and nobody said anything because we can't say anything anymore. Well, I'll, I'll say something. Um, and the only reason I, it's a huge deal to me is because today when I got done doing um, the banking side and that stuff and the whatever crap, I uh, went into... Um, our bedroom where what's so great is about the state of television right now is everything is streaming. So if you got to buy internet and internet's ridiculously expensive, but you got to have it because you're, you're forced to almost, if you want to exist amongst the people. Now there's a very, I do think that there's a growing anxiety and a growing trend and a growing um, internal pressure for a lot of people that are tired of listening to all of it because there is no news on the news and there is no sports on the sports and there is no 
any of that. And this is all just garbage being thrown at us. And you try to flip through the channels and it's just garbage. And so, I, but I like it. I've, I, I've always liked that. But the problem when you do this is that you family share. You, you know, we steal Sling TV from my dad, but then you get locked out and you're like, hey man, what? Because it'll just, for whatever reason, an app will update. So the only TV in the house now that still has access to like the ability to channel surf of live programming is in my bedroom, which is weird because it could be in the middle of the day and it's like, I just want to go watch the news, but I can't sit in the living room or turn it on and have it in the background as I'm working because it's all the way in my bedroom. It's like, I'm going to go lay down and, and watch the news. I'm going to go see what's going on. And uh, the news is very much queen heavy right now, which is understandable. So there's not much on that front. As it, so as I'm flipping through stations, I notice, um, guess what's on? Just the last minute. The last minute of the Drew Barrymore show is on, guys. So I click it on. <laughs> and she's standing amongst the audience. And this is what I really really noticed i really noticed that what they're still required the audience every one of the audience had the exact same mask on so they still had to wear masks and they're all the yellow ones because nobody when they showed up to the taping thought like well guys it's you know the end of 2022 and the cdc has said that you don't have to wear a mask anymore so clearly we're not going to be required but oh it must be shot in California because, yeah, put your mask on. Here, take this yellow one. So Drew is standing there in a David Byrne suit talking to these masked audience members about what she loves about Las Vegas. <laughs> and she's got like two minutes left of her show. And it cuts to that. It's not a roller coaster. It's a theme park ride that you sit in. It's the one that, that one kid died on. They, a 17-year-old, and I don't, I don't think it was in Las Vegas. Um, might have been at a Six Flags or something. Maybe it was Vegas. But it's, there was a boy that was overweight, but just a big guy. I mean, like a 370-pound man boy, you know, an offensive lineman type that went with his buddies, and then somebody's like, hey, you want to ride this ride? He's like, yeah. And the person, because it's just a water-headed, you know, former Whataburger employee, was like, sure, dude, get on. And there's a weight restriction, and it, it means something because this thing shoots you off at 3,000 miles an hour, makes your butthole shoot through the top of your head, and then drops you back down like a detonator. I think it's called the detonator. You know, it's like you sit around this silo of fear, and then the clock ticks and it just fires you up in the air at a million miles an hour. And then it drops, stops instantly. And that guy weighed so much that when it got to the where it stopped instantly, he just slid right out of that some bitch. So that's freaking sad, and that's why I hate amusement parks because you don't. It's not that I don't trust the engineers, and that the odds are, dude. Every if you follow the specs, if you are this high, you know what I mean. If you're this tall, you're gonna be fine. But if you're heavy and there's a restriction, and the 14 year old that's running the machine doesn't know or doesn't know how to be like. And can't ask. You know what I mean? It used to be in the 70s, you could ask anybody how much they weigh. You, you know? You look at people. Hey, hey, woman, how much do you weigh? And they, they wouldn't get offended. They'd be like, I weigh this. And you, good, you can write it. You're asking for safety, but now you can't ask because somebody would sue, you know? 
And so they didn't ask, and that kid got on it and died. But, you know, they cleaned up the blood the best they could. And now Drew Barrymore has taken her crew over. She's like, anytime I'm in Las Vegas, the first thing I do when I get to Vegas is I ride this ride. It's like, that's the first thing you do. (laughs) That's a ridiculous statement, Drew, and you don't. But great segue. And so it shows them, and she... When she's telling us this, she's wearing the David Byrne suit. You know, she's wearing the gigantic suit. She's in the audience wearing the big suit. And when it cuts to her getting on that ride, she's in the big suit. And I guess that's just her suit now. That's just what she's doing. And I don't know if she's doing it waiting for somebody to ask, but nobody can anymore. We all think it. We're like, what the hell are you wearing? I get it. You want to be modest or you don't have to. I almost appreciate it. Like, you don't have to. She's, you know, still Drew Barrymore. She's got some, she's got a killer body. Even as an older lady, I mean, I think she's probably probably 30, maybe 50. I don't know. She looks great. I mean, in comparison to the other talk show host that comes on after, Kelly Clarkson, Drew Barrymore looks great. Kelly Clarkson needs a David Byrne suit. But Drew Barrymore, nobody's saying anything, and so I guess she's just going to continue doing this. So, anyways, hats off to her. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I'm glad I seen it at Buffalo Wild Wings too. And then I was also glad that when I turned from it, you know, and started talking about like, isn't that great that she's teaching people how to make breakfast? That's pretty cool. You know, and Shannon and I talked about that for quite a while. Um, Above his shoulder on that TV that was showing the basically sports fails, um, there was also a commercial for Red Bull and it's just a guy doing parkour. And like, if you can sit down and eat yourself a chicken sandwich and some fries, which is what I had. And to be honest with you, I will say this. It was very, it was very good. I've never had Nashville hot chicken. And now this wasn't, there's many different variations of that. And the one that I picture in my head is the one where the chicken breast that's on your sandwich is like just basically um, cayenne red, you know what I mean? And, and it's all kind of baked into the chicken or, or fried into the chicken. This one, they just have a Nashville style hot sauce that they drizzled all over this sandwich. And it was good though. It was a damn good sauce. It was, it was good. So I enjoyed that sandwich and I enjoyed watching parkour because when you're eating chicken, dude, you got to see somebody jumping off bridges and jumping into trolley cars and jumping into sand pits and hanging on to excavators. I mean, are you wanting to relax? Because welcome to Buffalo Wild Wings. Have a cigarette and watch a guy rack himself. And listen to, you know, why T.J. Watt won't have to miss six weeks because of a pectoral tear in week one. All right, you know, this is great. And it was. And so I was, and Shannon paid for it for, you know, for helping him out on his car. And then we got back to Random Dude Ranch, finished it up. We, the tools didn't work that we bought, um, but we got it going and we, we got it figured out. We got it put back together and I I got home and, you know, my kids were still up and I got to read to my daughter. And so it was a good day. And I don't know. I mean, if you want to spend a day watching Drew Barrymore make breakfast tacos and watching people, you know, navigate a 
alley in some sort of urban city, you want to do that in Buffalo Wild Wings. And that's what we did. And I got to thank Shannon for that. So thank you, buddy. Um, but it brings me to, I didn't get to anything on the list. I, <laughs> I did. I had Buffalo Wild Wings, but I had a lot of other stuff on here. And that's usually what happens when I sit down and I haven't really spoken to anybody all day. <sighs> so, sorry. But, if you want to get yourself, I know that it's, I think there's probably free trials of this. Because I don't know if it exists anywhere else. But please, Get a free trial of YouTube TV, okay? And I don't know what pack. I think if it's a base package that you can sign up for. You probably don't even know. You might have to sign up for the sports. But first get the free and see if this is included. There's a channel on there called Billiard TV. And it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's pool. You know, it's billiards. And even before last night, it's there. I mean, like... There's also an algorithm within this app where you have 80 or 100 channels to choose from of live pro programming, but your homepage um, gives you about 10 options of what they think that you're going to like based on your viewing history. And so, you know, the CNNs and the MSNBC and, and the Fox Newses and all the ones that I try to cycle through to get a clear idea of how idiotic our country is becoming um those are there but then also there's billiard tv it's right there and when it's there something about watching people play pool is oddly satisfying especially when they're doing it at such a incredible um level because if you've ever played pool you know how difficult it can be but how simple it should be and when I was probably in my mid-20s and we had a, a shop and it was long before divorces and broken homes and, and that really wrecked that, that really wrecked a lot of this. But um, my dad and his partner had built a shop that was awesome and it was air-conditioned and we put, it was to work on everything and we had a really nice work area, two-car, two-bay area to work on the lawnmowers and, and all the stuff we needed to work on and be out of the weather. And it was a hangout, though, for us during snow removal and all that stuff. It was perfect. It was the perfect location. It was a perfect thing. We've never... That was his vision. That was my dad and his partners, and they nailed it. It was great. But in there, we had a pinball machine, and we had a snooker table. And a snooker is just a version of billiards where... It's been so long since I played. It's a bigger table. It's longer. It's like a foot longer, probably wider also. The pockets are smaller, and the um, balls are smaller. The cue ball, I think, is the same size, but the play, the balls that are in the, the field are smaller. And you have red, all red balls, I think. I think, but or maybe there's, yeah, I think it's all red. I forget how it works. Anyways, there's ways that you would snooker people by your shot would prevent them from making their shot. And I don't even remember how you played it, to be quite honest with you. And you could play regular, you know, we had a set of regular eight ball, nine ball, all that stuff to play. But we would play snooker. We would play the actual English 
version and it was fun. And so if you have that just base knowledge when you do, it's kind of like watching golf on TV. You know, I mean, if you've played golf and you know how incredibly um, simple and easy and it's just a game of, uh, it's a mental game and it's a game of consistency. And, but you get so frustrated because it, it should be so easy and that's why it's so frustrating. So when you watch people make it look so damn easy, it's why it's like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, he made that shot or I can't believe he made that putt or in the same thing with billiards. Like, can't believe. And there's still, there's, when you're watching billiard TV, you don't even know the level of the competitor that you're watching. This could be an unranked person, but they're still better than anybody you ever met. You know what I mean? This is, this is just an incredible player you know because usually you'll get a guy that breaks and if he makes it on the break it's done that set is over and they play like to set of eight or i don't know depending on the game so last night i turn it on because of course i'm scrolling by and it's in my algorithm oh this is something oh bill your tv and i click it and it catches me i've never seen this before and they're playing a version of and i could not they weren't telling me what kind of pool it was but there's no pockets they're not they're not playing with pockets. So there's three balls out on the table at all times. And your objective is to with one shot hit your opponent's cue ball and hit the other ball that's on the table. And your opponent uses the yellow ball and the other one uses the white ball as their cue ball. And so you know, I started watching it, and then Heather was in the shower, and she'd come in bedroom. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, watch this. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And because it's so impressive. Because in order to do this, you have to, you have, and there's a shot clock. You have 40 seconds to do this, each shot. So you walk up to a three-ball table with no holes, and you realize, I got to hit this ball. And then I have to hit it in a way that's going to make my ball bounce in these angles and trajectories for it to ultimately hit this ball. And I have to hit it all in such a way that my next shot, I can do it again. And I can continue to do this because you have to win a certain number of sets before you win that round. And I don't know, there's, you know, you could be on the eighth set. I don't know how many are in each set. They don't explain anything. When you turn on Billiard TV, they act as if you know everything. They don't want to explain anything to you. And you just sit there and watch it going, what the hell's going on here? what's so nuts is there's a judge there you know what i mean there there's two people there's a bowl cut asian in the match that we watched freaking super bowl cut asian great player and he's playing against some greek a grecian man and the announcers are talking about like we should know him you should know these two guys they've been in the game a long time are they the best in the world we don't know not really probably not but they're really competitive they've won a lot of matches and i'm like holy crap i have never heard of these guys you know yeah i'm stupid i'm uninformed but i should have known and now I do, so I guess. Thank you. I don't know their names, and I'll never remember them. And I wouldn't probably know them if I seen them again. Maybe the Asian because of the bowl cut. But you sit there, and it's like, for all the stuff that sits there and runs around in my head, you know, and all the problems that, that I feel like are real problems and things that I got going on, this guy's problem was how am I going to get to the, because they're not going to make, it's not like when you win this, I think you get like 
a Dodge Neon or like a 97 Neon or like you don't win money. And if you do win money, it's not even really enough to buy to buy anything. But they have to you have to be a master at this, meaning you have to put all of your effort, all of your practicing into this sport. And you don't watch frickin Drew Barrymore. You don't watch you play. And I looked it up after it's called Carom Billiards. It starts with a C, but I think it's called Carom Billiards. And it's just a style of play. It's been around since the 1800s. I've never even heard of it. You have something that's been around for 200 and something years. And you feel like you're a pretty educated person and you didn't even know it existed. And then that there's people that are so good at it that they'll go play tournament at it. Which means that there's probably people that aren't good at it that still play it. And there's people in an audience on a televised thing. Now, granted, it's billiard TV. It's low production. And the announcers aren't great. And the, and the quality of the director's not great. And their switcher's not great. That's fine. It makes it better to watch. And so as I'm watching, I'm also watching the audience. Because the audience is like, yeah, I took off work to come watch this today. What'd you watch? Oh, I wouldn't watch these guys play pool. Oh, cool. Like eight ball? No. Like... You know, carom. What? Took off. You took off work to watch what? What is that? And he has explained it. And, like, I don't know. and nobody will understand it unless you see it. But it is the most impressive thing that you'll see. Because you're talking about dudes that will, they, within 20 seconds, have made a decision that when they hit this ball, it's going to hit that ball. It's going to bounce off these 14 rails. It's going to slow down just enough and barely nick this other ball, and they're going to be ready for their next shot. And they are, and they freaking do it, dude. Both of them were great, even the bowl cut. It was awesome. And I was telling Heather, I was like, you know how, like, unaffected life must be for these, for somebody that's that good at that pool, that's so difficult that you have to be, you have to make a decision so quickly, and it has to be precise. Not just the angles, the speed, all of it. And you do it, and you're great at it. When you go out in like the real world, and somebody's like, "Hey, can you handle this?" It's like, "Yeah, you can handle anything because you can play carom billiards." That's nuts, and it's nuts. I didn't know it existed. So, anyways, um, I didn't get to a few things, but I'll I'll get to them tomorrow. <clears throat> I probably won't, but I appreciate you guys watching. And if you have a chance, dude, find somebody that has YouTube TV and steal their password and watch this billiard TV, okay? It's, I think it's exclusively broadcast there. Maybe you can find it online. Find videos on YouTube itself. Of called, it's called Carom Billiards. And, and go ahead and watch that. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, keep su- subscribing to the show, uh, whether it be the Connie G Show or Con Radio. And, uh, you know, be nice to yourself out there and, and believe in yourself. and. You know, with that being said, have an okay day. Don't let your meatloaf.